that closed all the loopholes over time, especially the last 50 years. And when you look in at society from the outside, and you have to learn to do this, get out of the linear thinking of your indoctrinations, and understand what perspective is, how you perceive things from a certain perspective, then you'll realize that you're really a slave, as Charles Galton Darwin said. And he said, we're in the process of creating a more sophisticated form of slavery. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the National Intel Report with your host, John Statmiller. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watts, standing in for John Statmiller, who's off at the Washington March. I think it's on this weekend. I don't know if it's on all weekend, but I'm sure we'll hear about it once it's over. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And I've been giving you some of the bad news. And being trained in a society from the 50s onwards that trained the public to be egocentric that is that is do what is enjoyable and and don't do those things which are less enjoyable and also listen to the positive news and ignore the negative that's been all through the new age and promoted heavily and it's the greatest way to put people on a defenseless situation or into a defenseless situation you strip them off their defenses if you can't look at the bad news you're doomed it's like kind of wearing a, a Walkman and walking the railroad lines. You won't hear the train coming up behind you, so you won't know to jump off. And this was cultivated deliberately so we'd be like children and accept that special people who come out of special wombs, uh, who rule over us in bureaucracies and government agencies and so on, um, really are altruistically taking care of us in the best way they know how. Like they're born to serve us in some strange way. This is how socialism has been gradually implanted very slowly into our minds until it becomes a normal concept. And nothing is further from the truth. As I say, you must stand back and perceive from a different way how things really, really are. At the top, there's nothing but incredible corruption all through society. That's been the norm all along. Billions go missing every year, and heads do not roll. The boys at the top help each other out in their big multi-million dollar businesses, which they're all involved with. They leave politics and, and become CEOs of the same corporations they channel money to to, you know, bail them out. When Bush Sr. left office, he was given jobs on, he actually was given the head of the CEO of Barrick Gold Corporation, along with a whole bunch of other directors. That's how they pay them off. And the Prime Minister of Canada at the time, because they both signed the NAFTA deals, which benefited these companies, was given a, and a whole bunch of boards to sit on too, and he became the Vice President of Barrick Gold Corporation. This is the real world, utter corruption from people at the bottom's point of view, if they know about it. 
But from those at the top, it's just their daily fare. It's their due. It's the real world. And they call the people cattle and fools and the profane. Those that are kept in the darkness are profane. We're the most studied species on the planet, and that's why it's so easy to manipulate whole nations along certain paths. And I spoke before about slavery, for instance. What is slavery? Most people think of the whip and the lash and guards forcing people to do something. When you are working and giving most of your money back to government through taxation, that is the sophisticated form of slavery that Charles Galton Darwin talked about in his book, The Big Boast, I should say, because he called it the next million years. He called it that because he and his kind expect to rule the world for the next million years. So you can alter perceptions by the alterations of terms, terminology. Tax means to force. You tax yourself on a job. You're forcing yourself. But now it's, it's something else. That's how we see it. We don't see it as being forced because it's become customary. It's still forced. If you don't pay it, you'll get the force all right. The force will indeed be with you. That's the sophisticated form of slavery. And who brought in the income tax to the Western world? In Britain, it was the Royal Institute for International Affairs. In the United States, it was the Council on Foreign Relations. They drafted up the whole agenda for income tax and property tax and the death duties you'd pay as well on property. Because they go by the old agenda, this new world they're bringing in, the platonic type agenda, will have no private property that's signed in to Agenda 21. The agenda for the 21st century under the United Nations. So by guiding you through it and using different terms and terminology, you don't see it for what it actually is. They understand your mind very, very well and how you think, because you think like a computer. A computer has a program and has a language. And the person who designs and sets up that computer should know the answer that computer must spit out at the end because he understands its program and he understands its language. We are fed data and we think we're coming to our own conclusions, but we use the language and the language you're given and the terms to keep introducing the new terminologies and you will come and arrive at their conclusion. Very, very simple. Very few people have been taught to reason and it is an art in itself today today it's a battle in order to reason here's an article from the Herald Tribune published July the 10th 2008 it's also in the Associated Press it says like the dollar value of American life has dropped it's not just the American dollar that's losing value a government agency has decided that an American life isn't worth what it used to be. The value of a statistical life is $6.9 million, the Environmental Protection Agency reckoned in May, a drop 
of nearly $1 million from just five years ago. The Associated Press discovered the change after a review of cost-benefit analysis over more than a dozen years. Though it may seem like a harmless bureaucratic recalculation, the devaluation has real consequences. When drawing up regulations, government agencies put a value on human life and then weigh the cost versus the life-saving benefits of a proposed rule. The less life is worth to the government, the less the need for a regulation, such as tighter restrictions on pollution. Consider, for example, a hypothetical regulation that cost $18 billion to enforce, but will prevent 2,500 deaths at $7.8 million per person. The old figure, the life-saving benefits outweigh the costs, but at $6.9 million per person, the rule costs more than the lives it saves, so it may not be adopted. Some environmentalists accuse the Bush administration of changing the value to avoid tougher rules, a charge the EPA denies. It appears that they're cooking the books in regards to the value of life, said S. William Becker, executive director of the National Association of Clean Air Agencies, which represents state and local air pollution regulators. Those decisions are literally a matter of life and death. Dan Esty, a senior EPA policy official in the first Bush administration and now director of the Yale Center for Environmental Law and Policy, said, it's hard to imagine that it has other than a political motivation. Agency officials say they were just following what the science told them. Says here, instead, economists calculate the value based on what people are willing to pay, listen to this, to avoid certain risks and on how much extra employers pay their workers to take on additional risks. Most of the data is drawn from payroll statistics. Some comes from opinion surveys. And according to the EPA, people shouldn't think of the number as a price tag on a life. But that's exactly what it is. They're just economic units. Because you, as Cecil Rhodes said, in the birth, of this organization that eventually became the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the CFR. He said, in a world state where everyone must serve the government, ultimately everyone will be paid by the government because the government eventually, through the next big series of crisis, will come out with a ration system for the public. You will serve the world state. That's what it's all about. And we are economic units, and we've been looked upon as economic units right up until now. In fact, the United Nations definition of a citizen, a world citizen, the perfect world citizen, is a good producer-consumer. That means if you've retired and you're just consuming, you're not a good citizen anymore. It also means if you're disabled, you're not a good citizen either. Think about that. But then eugenics always pops up and that was called bioethics, of course. It's the same society is funded by the same foundations. We are economic units whose purpose, according to the elite, is to serve them and serve the system they give us. The, th- the top think tank that ran, that runs uh, NATO 
And NATO, of course, always looks towards future wars and scenarios to protect the elite that it serves, similar to the police that serves and protects the elite in the system. And that's what the top think tank for NATO does, too. And the British Department of Defense published the findings, a 90-page series of documents, on what they see for the next 30 years. And yes, it's more bad news, folks. Sorry to give it to you. But you will never get anywhere until you understand the bad news. You must know your enemy and what's coming. I'll be back with more data about this after this break.
real Plato agenda of the Republic is happening in our lifetime. It's been happening in the previous few generations' lifetimes, rather more accelerating and openly. And most people are floating through life, obeying the jack-booted thugs as they train you to be debased, as you hold your pants up with no belts, walking through security checkpoints at borders and customs and airports, because that's what it's for, to make you feel debased. That is what you do to prisoners when you're going to put them through psychological torture. You must debase them. So there they are with their stocking feet, holding their pants up with one hand. And you know they're even doing that in some big courtroom sessions now with the juries. And the public say nothing. Someone wrote to me just the other day and they had the, the Victoria weekend not so long ago in Canada, the celebration, fireworks and all that. We always coincide with the U.S. because we have the same occultic holidays and so on. And he was shaking his head in disgust as the police went from person to person in this park, shaking them down, searching them. And one woman was on a cell phone just chatting away as this was happening to her, as though nothing was happening at all. That's how fast we adapt. That's how fast we adapt to being utterly, thoroughly humiliated and dehumanized. And this has to stop. Now, when you allow this to become normal behavior, the game is over. Alexander Solzhenitsyn talked about when the KGB, at that time it was called the NKVD, the first started coming into streets to drag people out, to drag their neighbors away the gulags he said there's only two or three of them would come at a time but the uniform are trained you see to obey uniforms it's just training of symbolism a language you see that's what badges too is part of a language he said we should have grabbed everything at our disposal from pickaxe handles to, to hatchets to hammers to anything and killed them right then he said because once it became habitual, it was defeatist and it was game over. You adapt to it. A generation is growing up now that is purposely being trained and indoctrinated into a new system of greening the planet and serving Mother Earth, as Mr. Gorbachev said in his book Toward New Civilization. When he said that after saying he's an atheist, he says, but we are creating a religion for the world based on earth worship it means you will live for the planet and there will always be a priesthood telling you what you must do of course we got to stop this debasement now before one generation grows up never knowing a world without this bogus terrorism everywhere back with more after this break You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
tuned in to the National Intel Report, the real talk radio show. Hi, I am Alan Watt, playing for John Stadmiller. Giving you the bad news, and not everyone can handle the bad news. You see, most people truly want things just to stop in time and live their lives, go shopping, retire, go fishing, and then die, and then all hell can break loose as far as they're concerned. And we can't keep passing this on to the next generation. That's why we're in the mess we're in today. It's been passed down. The buck has been passed. And that was collection time, because we are the generation going through it all. The massive changes, the big change, the change towards the brave new world scenario, the new world order that was chanted by Bush Sr. so many times, especially on high holy days like September the 11th, 1990 and 91. And... As I said before, I've never finished it, in fact, because they were on the breaks, but NATO, the top think tank, talked about the coming 30 years of rioting that they're getting all prepared for, prepared to the extent where they're ready, and this is published, it's on my website, it's from the British Government Department of Defence, go, go and look into it. They're getting ready to even use small neutron bombs on people, on whole groups of people. They didn't say why the Joe public would be rioting but we know what it is we know you see this war is to use all traditional methods of war and what you go for war in wartime you go for the food supply number one if you can go for the water supply as well number two all the better and we see this sudden drumbeat towards the coming food shortage out of nowhere and to most people, it's all happenstance and just strange weather. And, of course, we are to blame, as they keep telling us, as they spray the skies every day and either cause drought or flooding. For 10 years, we've had the sky spread. And for 10 years, the breadbasket of Canada and the States has either had severe drought or severe flooding. Very simple stuff to do with harp technology and coupled with the spray look into the agreement signed by the United States and the other top countries called Weather Warfare Treaty at the United Nations where they admit they can do all of this. And they've been doing it to bring upon us all the conditions of total war. And they're talking about eventually bringing starvation to the Western world and it fits right in with their culling program as they want to depopulate us down to a manageable size, more suited to today's needs, which is actually, of course, their needs. They don't like being good farmers, having surplus cattle around when they've no use for them. They eat too much hay, etc. That's how it's done. It's very simple economics to them. The only difficult part, it's not even that difficult, is to convince the public that they are the problem. There's just too many of you. And from the days of Thomas Malthus onwards, who published his little essay, which became a, an economic Bible, still used today by some quarters, on bringing down populations to fit the times, they give you phony graphs and charts and a lot of lies 
and useless data to try and convince you, the victim, that, well, you must be killed off or we'll all perish. And that's the secret of this, is the ability to get the victim to accept his own demise. That's the true occultic spell of the high occult. And people will one day walk into euthanasia chambers and give themselves to Mother Earth, to save Mother Earth. Anything can be done, any type of culture with enough funding can be brought into being by those who know the processes of behavioral psychology and have access or own the media and the educational system. It's difficult for the average person to believe that you all think you're so smart. You can't pull the wool over your eyes. It's been pulled over your eyes your whole life. A Logan's Run scenario, the movie Logan's Run, can quite easily be brought into being. If you separate a bunch of children from the rest, bring them up in an artificial environment, give them a new reality, and they'll believe it all. Quite simple. Experiments have been done all along on this particular type of subject. And most of the public now are parting the slogans. Remember what Lenin said? We shall win by slogans. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Weapons of mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction. Global warming, global warming, global warming. And they part it. Until it becomes part of their everyday conversation. A whole bunch of abstract nonsense. Carbon footprints talked into existence as the victim convinces himself that he is a problem and obeys those with all the answers you don't have to read science fiction to be amazed you just have to be perceptive and awake today and live a life that's all around you So to say, the Department of Defense sees this 30 years of escalating riots. Remember what Rumsfeld said after 9-11, this is a hundred years war. He wasn't talking about flattening the Middle East. It's a war to bring out what their dream has been for ages, their utopia, their managed, newly created type of society. That's what they hope they have at the end of it. But computers are interfaced with humans, or what once were humans, in a transhumanist world. And there'll be no more dissension. There'll be no more riots and from the people once it's all over with. We just go through the riots. In the meantime, as they cut off the food supply, it's amazing how we demand from the abuser the relief and the help that we seek. And people will turn in droves demanding the government do something, do something as this planned escalation of fuel prices goes on and everything in the stores goes out of sight until you can't purchase it. And it's already hitting those at the bottom of the ladder as expected. And believe you me, these guys have this all worked out like a timetable. They know exactly 
what prices they'll hit and when the first riots, major riots, will occur. They plan this with military precision. And the public, unfortunately, will react the way, like mobs, always do react. When they're fit and healthy and have the power to change the world, they'll do nothing. When their food is cut off and they see those around them perishing, they riot. They're an unorganized, riotous mob who are easily dealt with. And this is not the top of my head, although I've studied it through history. It's also what the elite have written about themselves. That's what they expect. Many will be in denial. Many are in denial today. They can still go off to their little cafes and sip wine with friends in the open air and think everything's swell and pretend to themselves but it's coming along it isn't just war and weather warfare on America as the breadbasket Australia's breadbasket for the 10 years of spring they've had there again that 10 years have had nothing but drought Britain's been hit hard too this is a planned coming famine we know, too, that all the great seeds of the world are being stored in an island, in an underground shelter. It costs billions to build it. In all the major media, remember, and it's inaccessible to the public. What do you think is coming down the pike? Hmm? What do you think is coming down? They want everyone crowded into the cities, and that is in Agenda 21. Read it. Long read, but there are some of you out there who can do it. We can get through it. It'll all become very clear to you. In Agenda 21, it says there will be no private transportation. So they won't need the cars. There will be public transportation only. People are flooding in to the cities now, there's articles in the paper, I predicted that would happen a long time ago, because the rising cost of transportation and fuel is getting ridiculous, it's always higher in the country anyway to begin with. So people have to prepare now to go through the worst of it, those who don't will not come through. And you don't have to go overboard and bankrupt yourself to do so in buying bulk and you can prepare as best you can to bring you and yours through what's coming down the pike not because we're imagining it because the big boys are telling you themselves it's coming I remember a tape I have it here I think it was a World Bank meeting and Mr. Rockefeller got up to speak and he said, unfortunately, this generation is the cannon fodder for what's to come, meaning for their agenda, to bring it off. This generation is the cannon fodder. He said, but you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. That's what this phase is, with all of its coming hardships and its problems and its heartaches and trials and tribulations. That's all it is to them. 
all the suffering that comes down, including all those being bombed to bits in the Middle East, as they become standardized, and UNESCO comes in to train their children to be good little socialists. It's just making an omelet, and the lives are lost, the consequences, and all the money that goes into it. It could be going to better purposes. Well, that's just, you can't help breaking eggs, you see, without you want to make the omelet. Just broken eggs. That's all it is. To get something back, you have to have had it in the first place. And I've heard this talk about getting something back, like a system back. The system did not belong to the people. It was taken over a long, long, long time ago. The book to read is called The Robber Barons. They give you the big corporate boys and how they plundered society and the taxes and the pensions of the people all through the 1800s, how they got the contracts and bribed their way through the political arenas to get contracts and free land, the railroads, etc., which is still owned today. There's other books out about the present Robert Barnes and the same descendants, same offspring, plundering the planet as they laugh at the public and give us all their little pirate symbols and flash it in your face and appear on the daily news with that stern, honest-looking face and stare right at the camera and lie to you without a blush or a blink. And only psychopaths can do that. But also they have such disdain for the ordinary public that they truly see us as a bunch of moronic imbeciles who don't need much persuasion to be fooled. You can't get something back as safe it was never yours. The factories have gone. They were funded under the GATT Treaty that, again, everyone lived through today. The GATT Treaty, the General Agreement on Trade and Tariffs with the Star Chamber. All the factories were funded by your tax money to leave the shores and set up in China. Did you know that we're still paying for those factories any losses they incurred in the process of transition over there and setting up? Is that a sweet deal in this democratic system of fairness and free trade? Isn't that beautiful? Well, are you going to order those factories back? to get back the country that you had before. How are you going to do it? We are a service economy. You have more laws today on the books to stop you setting up companies in your own country than ever existed before. They don't want you producing anything at home. The standard economics will teach you that the reason America took off like a rocket in industry was the lack of bureaucratic systems and rules and regulations and laws because once they all come in they impede and hinder any creativity Britain's the same way Thatcher talked about that as she upped all the rules the little businessman spent three quarters of his day eventually filling out forms for the government until he couldn't possibly function anymore Everybody I know in Britain who had their own little business 
eventually had to pack up and join, guess what? International corporations working at the bottom. Go back into H.G. Wells, a spokesman for these people. He was a propagandist. That was his job. And he tells you they were bringing a world where there would be no free competition at the bottom. There would not be ten different bicycle repairmen, as he said, in shape of things to come. And he called all the peasantry Mr. Everyman. Free trade as you're given it is not free trade at all. It's limited trade with only international, authorized international corporations allowed to do the trading. United Nations and those who set up the United Nations talked about farming, which is a good instance of this whole topic. They said that farming was too important to be left to farmers and family farms. Corporate only, that was the agenda. And it's the same with all business. Nothing has happened by accident. Nothing at all. And believe you me, if they had more for the United States to do, they'd have kept back the hordes of bureaucracies off the backs of the business people. And now that they've been unleashed on the business people, you know the end has been declared. Back with more after this break. something that is not pleasant to listen to but in those moments of quiet reflection you take the information I'm giving you and really ponder it to the steps and extremities because that will contain your ultimate plans that's how you'll arrive at plans how to come through what seems to be insurmountable odds and as long as there's human will involved the spirit of the human will there's always a chance, never forget that. When such a small minority have cast a spell over us, we can still shatter it. Although remember, and I've heard this said years ago by a man who understood this too, many people like socialism, they like being perpetual children in a system where experts and agencies deal with all the, you know, the weighty problems of life and give them lots of time to play. By doing so, they do it all for you. Lots of people will like that. So it's not as though you're going through this change in some kind of war of us against them. Because many of us will go to the wall to try and save the system as they're losing it. That's all they know. It's the, the only familiarity they have. And they will also be your enemies. It's like the movie Matrix in the practice Matrix when Neo gets distracted by the, the woman in red 
And then he's told, everyone around you, these normal people here, are your enemies until they wake up. Because most people are living in TV fantasy and have been trained to turn on everyone who talks about what's going on. Just the talking of it scares them. They've been taught to live in denial. But to know your enemy is to give you a leg up on the war. You must understand them. And you must understand how they expect you to react and behave. And blind rioting is not the answer. And it is time that every individual started putting into place and into play their own rights and stop allowing themselves to be humiliated by organizations that now call themselves authorities but are still servants of the public. They've got to be put back in their place very quickly because they exist on our sufferance, not the other way around. That's how our perceptions have been so distorted and perverted. All these organizations and agencies, and even government itself, exists by your sufferance. And we've been trained, no, they're all powerful. Well, when they put it on the books, I might believe it, but until then, I won't. You're still supposed to serve the public. I've got to stop being children. And you cannot allow one generation, and that's almost there, to grow up into adulthood, knowing nothing but men with machine guns in black-clad uniforms bossing them around and stripping them in the street. Don't be degraded anymore. We'll be back in an hour with Cutting Through the Matrix. From myself and Hamish up in Ontario, Canada, it's goodbye for now, and may your God or your gods go with you. We must take